Insight Podcast, uh, Season 6, Episode No Idea. Uh, my name's Brandon Curry. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Jeff Collins. I'm Josh Bond, and I'm not thankful for you tuning in. Trevor Lindy. I am. Yes, I am. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Especially after last night. What happened last night? Yeah, what, what's the big thing last night there, there, bud? Nothing good. Oh, should we should we, should we no, roll? Nothing should we, good. Nothing good. Should we roll it? I think we should roll it. Yeah, let's just go to it. Go to the go let's to the go to, let's go to the, go to the clips. What do we what do we do in like Don roll Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em? Yeah. Painting his grounds. There's the hold by Brody. Oh, oh yeah. And there's a run yeah. by. Oof. And here we go. Oof. Look at that. Unreal. 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 Look at the look at. Like he's just standing there. Like they can't charging. let that How is happen. That not charging? They can't let that happen. Look at it, that's the definition of charging, except for the Habs fan who's gonna say, "Oh, that's playoff hockey." You don't know what playoff hockey is, first and foremost. You haven't uh, been there in a while, so and you're not gonna be there for a while. It's playoff that's charging. Hockey. That's the definition of charging. He targeted him from the blue line. Whistle goes, crushes him. And there was no response by the Leafs, which made me kind of sick. But that's – and out of all that, Leafs got a penalty. Leafs got a two-minute penalty off of that. Yeah, how did they get the penalty? What was the penalty? Roughing because of number 78 right there. Oh, Jesus. Watch yeah, number 78. Cross-checked in the arm. <laughs> Smoke charged. I love Let's give Florida a two-minute penalty. See, this is the problem with Leafs fans. Leafs fans call penalties on everybody oh, else. Oh yeah, well, I didn't do that. If you back, up, if you back that, that if you back that thing up just right there, that shows you that he literally left from just inside the blue line, and his feet didn't stop moving. There, keep going, keep going, keep going. See, his feet it's didn't charging. stop moving. And the second Camp picks up the puck, the play's dead, and he knows it. Gliding, the play's dead. I didn't Two see gliding. Stride, 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 stride. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Habs fans don't care because they're blind. Stride, and they, stride, 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 fans, as we all know, and Trevor's the, the definition and, of it, care more about no, no, the no, Leafs no. do what their own team does. I'm telling you, and had, that's, oh, had, had the Leafs done that to a Michael Panthers Bunting player, that, he'd be suspended for three games. Had a Leafs player done suspended that for three to games. a Florida player, you guys would have been hooting and hollering, especially you, Collins. What well, I Bunting? wouldn't hold because there would have been a five-minute penalty, and I would have said, what the hell? Ben Bunting got suspended last here, game. Here, here's the end of the game. Yeah. Look at the ref. Mitch, Mitch wants to fight right there. Put it back. Yeah, Mitch wants go. to fight. He's saying, come on, Tachuk. Let's mix it up. Let's drop the mitts. No, he's saying, I'm scared to death. I don't like the Exactly. Fight. What the hell is this guy doing to me? Ref, can you let him punch me in the face three times, and I'll smile because I don't know what to do? That's what he's doing right there. Mitch is a pussy. He doesn't want yeah. to fight. Let's not. Let's yes. not 100%. Here. But there's a lot of NHL players like that. Yes. The funny part is they're teammates. They're teammates in the London Knights you know, for two years. And all Florida knows what to do right now. And I'm telling you right now, game five, they're going to be the dirtiest team possible to scare the shit out of Toronto to see if they can get away with making them, you know, curl away. And I know I'm a Leafs fan, blah, 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 whatever. I this is a professional them. analysis. Yeah, the professional right? analysis is you see those eyebrows on Lindy right now? Because he didn't have the balls to bet me that they would win round one. Because <laughs> I think you said, oh, yeah, they're not going to get a round one. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, put your money where your mouth is or your hair. 
Like you your shut up. Like your cut shut G. up. Shut up like a little bitch. <laughs> and I won. And whatever. And I'm not betting nothing round two. Because I don't think they're getting past round two. But whatever. We'll see. I think someone we'll wrote the best for me. It was this. Here's the thing. 3-1 makes it respectable, which they did last night. 3-2 makes it a series, which I think we have a good chance to do because I think Florida just goons it up, gets all kinds of penalties and all that, tries to scare the shit out of Toronto, but they're going to get another power play. 3-3 makes the fan base believe again. And 4-3, baby, makes you legends. 100%. Boom. One of four 100%. teams have done it in the NHL, and four. one of those teams was Toronto. Or four, okay, get, let's put let's give our listeners some context to that stack. Go ahead, Jeff. What's that? Four teams. Four, four teams, teams four. out of a hundred or two hundred and one teams in the history of the NHL who are down three nothing have come back to win. Only four teams. Most recently, two thousand fourteen, with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. And one of those teams, nineteen forty two, and this is kind of this you know talks to Habs fans because they live in the past more than anyone. Leafs did it in the past. So if you can live in the past like Habs fans, why can't the Leafs do it again? Right, Lindy? All the Leafs fans are doing is living in in the past. No, no. I'll I'll tell you right now what the Leafs would do because this is being a Leafs fan. History repeats itself. Don't kid yourself. You can make fun of me all you want as a Leafs fan. Whatever. Leafs fans have thicker skin than any other people out there. Leafs are going to tie it up to to 3-3 and then they'll lose like in overtime at game seven just to break our hearts. The best way they possibly can. That's what, I <laughs> That's what it feels like. And I, you know, Curry, I told you, I said, they'll win series one. I was confident as hell they'd win series one. And I said, series two, they'll go to Boston and lose in the seventh game and, you know, make us feel like we have a chance and then break our hearts. But no, they did it even worse. They ended up playing Florida, the team who made the playoffs by one point, beating up the Buffalo Sabres. And we're going to lose to them in the second round. <laughs> but now I'm going to lose to them on Friday. I'm going to add to that, though, and I'm going to say that... Anything a Leafs against the Habs, whatever. Anything against the Leafs, Habs fans. The majority of Leaf fans, if they win the next game, are going to say it was a great season. Yeah, fair. No, no, it was a terrible season. I know, but you're not the majority. I said the majority of After Leaf game fans. three, I think the majority of Leaf fans were fire Keith, fire Dubas, fire trade all the players and all that. Yeah. Going to rebuild, make Matthew Nye the captain, Joseph Wall the next starting quarter, you know, do whatever he can. <laughs> now, what if what if Panthers go on to win the cup? I don't give a shit. <laughs> what, what if they go on to win the cup? What if they go on to win the cup and the Leafs won two games against Either your first or last, baby. That's all I care about. Talladega Knights. Try or try not. I, I'm, a, I'm a big Dubas fan. Do or do not. Johnny Icola's got me on the old uh, I don't like Keith uh, Keith bandwagon right now. There, someone got it. So we'll see. Do or do he not. He keeps putting in the Hall. I don't understand trying. what the stats that Hall has. I, I don't and and you're right, Curry. Hall, Hall was one of the problems last night again. Last night, and he got the penalty that put them down 5-4. And, and, and the, the craziest thing is... He should have never seen a playoff game. He never should have nope. seen a playoff game. R- remember when we got Shen and, and they were talking about Shen being a seventh defenseman and probably not make the top six is there for backup? Shen was a beast mm-hmm. last night. He was He's a the beast. most crucial defenseman they have in the whole team right now. Totally most big. crucial defenseman. He's better well, than any player in the Montreal Canadiens right now by himself. He's brought probably well, better he than is, half the team. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, oh, he's the <laughs> only one who's got hard out there right now. Why, why wasn't he on the ice in the last minute of the game? <laughs> Too, because he's someone who can beat up anybody on the other team. Yeah, but Simmons has got to go in. 
And I don't see He has I, to. All Keith is saying is don't muck it up, don't do what they're doing. And Florida's like saying, well, these pussies won't won't even swing at us. <laughs> There's nobody yes. there will, like a chariot will fight, a cable fight, but Florida's as dirty as it gets. Yep. And the, the league don't care because it's playoff hockey. You saw a nurse skate. Ten times, whatever. Saw a nurse skate in there for a quick one there. That wasn't an easy tilt. He did well. You know what? If they don't suspend Peter Angelo for last night, two-handed Dreisaitl, the yeah, hottest player in the whole NHL right now, who's going to break a record? Look at that. Right on the wrist. That's What's he insane. trying to do there? He's trying to break his wrist, take him out of the series. Yep. That's what he's doing. Because he's There's the hottest no player in the NHL right now. There. No other intent. What are you doing here? Whack. Unless you're wrist. chopping a log. Unless you're on chopping a log. On the wrist. And you know oh, what? Habs fans ain't saying nothing about, oh, only, no, only but look at, fans only care about that. Look I'm at this. Right look there. at this. The best player, active player in the world, steps in and defends his teammate. Yep. When some shit like that goes down, right? And what's Toronto doing? The guy with that big-ass beard. What's his name there? Gudis. Gudis is sitting there. What? Well, and he won't yeah, drop it. You know what? There's a game they played Toronto where Zach Austin Reese went after Gudis, tried to drop the gloves, and that guy will not drop gloves. He does not drop gloves. He's a he's a guy who's just like just tries to hit and crush people. That's all he does. And anybody who says that's not a charging on that that hit, whatever. It's playoff hockey. I don't care. We go on. Still just shows you bullshit. And Leafs fans like, whatever, we're not gonna get the calls. Fuck well, if he doesn't drop anyways. the gloves, he's, he can still take a couple of pops in the mouth then. How about that? Yeah, he should. And you, you watch. Know? If you try to pop him, he will not fight. Well, then I'll take uh, I'll take five minutes. Fucking I'll go. And, uh, Zach Osterese, if he's in, but Osterese isn't making the lineup right now because Keith wants to do this 11 defenseman because he needs to have Justin Hole in there for some reason. Someone's got to give him the puck on the other team, you know? How's Florida going to get the puck without, without Justin Hole in the ice? <laughs> now, here's, here's an honest question for you. Honest to God, do you think it's gotten to a point where some of our sporting events are predetermined? You know, like definitely, like, listen, some, I mean, boxing was the worst for it back in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, how many pay-per-views we all tuned in and the next thing you know, it's like it's over within like one or two rounds, right? Done. Um, So, I mean... Yeah, it's UFC 10 it's seconds known. main event. It's but I, I'm no, talking it's now the Tyson more, days, the Tyson days. Yeah, right? but I'm talking now more into our, our sports. Like, look at your your biggest franchise is Toronto, Toronto for hockey, Toronto, New York uh, Rangers, Chicago, New York, you know Montreal. what I mean? No, that's not even a franchise, it's an AHL team. <laughs> Montreal, Montreal. Um, but you know what? They Original six. Mediocrity. Mediocrity, right? Like, I mean. Well, this is the problem with sports. They they want to make it, you know, parody. So they got to put in a salary cap, which, you know, it, it handcuffs teams like Montreal and Toronto and New York and all that. And then you've got teams in Arizona that are playing in a barn with 5,000 people that we're trying to prop up to grow the game. Why we're all businessmen. Put a luxury tax on there, right? Let the expensive teams that are holding, propping up the whole league, spend more on their players, and that extra money goes down towards the, the teams who mm-hmm. can't even sell the arena. When, We're when all Matthews, businessmen. We're all Matthews, businessmen, right? When Matthews Go goes to Arizona, they'll uh, they'll fill oh that stadium. <laughs> That's the dream of every Montreal Canadian fan. What are you, you would be about? so naked with like lube on your body if if, my, if Matthews <laughs> left to move to Arizona. <laughs> he might leave Toronto, and we're not going to disagree with that. But he's not going to Arizona. Why not? That he's born in. Well, he's not born there. 
Have you He's seen raised him? In, do, do, in, you know, do you know in, anything about Austin Matthews? I know no. you do. You, you're probably naked in the mirror talking about him all the time. You're a Habs fan. But Playboy. He, want, he wants the He, he wants, wants the, the limelight. He wants, he wants the, limelight. the limelight. There's no limelight in Arizona. There's nothing. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah. I mean, he would get some because he's a home. Here you go, Here you go Trevor. Name three players in Arizona. I don't care. You, you, you <laughs> can't because there's no limelight there. They can't sell out 5,000 foot, you know, 5,000 person stadium. Now, if you're a businessman, if you go somewhere, you're a business LA or person, and you want to grow your franchises in these different parts, you do things like that. Like you take your Gretzky's and you plop them in Los Angeles. Well, right? See, the big problem here is Gary Bettman. He's raising the values of the franchises, mm-hmm. right? And look what he's about to do. Ottawa so what's Senators it doing are about to sell for a billion dollars. game, right? A billion dollars. So the general managers or the owners don't give a crap about that. They care about franchise value, right? That's all they care about. Ottawa Senators go for a billion dollars. What would Toronto oh. or Montreal go for? <laughs> double. Crazy double money. now. You know? And that's all the owners care about is franchise value. Easy. Double, I don't I think – say. well, those teams aren't being sold anytime soon. Ottawa? Yeah. Well, I know. But Toronto, you never know. Corpor- it's all corporations. Oh, yeah. These days, right? So, but – that's the problem. Like Ottawa goes for a billion dollars, and you got what? Snoop Dogg lining up in the weekend, and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Snoop Dogg's combining. hot for it, man. They're all they're, attaching no. their name to it. Get me some of they're combining franchise. now. <laughs> the three of them they're are com- combining. The three of them are combining their bids now. I thought it was three different. I thought it was three different. They'll get it. They'll get it. And well, and then again, that's the entertainment value, right? That's, that's the clearly the new. Side. That's the new trend that's going to happen in the hockey franchises. You're going to see all these little crappy teams get sold to people who attach their name to it, and those guys probably put no skin in the game. They just, hey, I'll attach my name. I want five percent, three percent ownership, or something like that, right? So, so that endorsement. How, how far does that business line push? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. How much do you control the result in order to control the bottom line? Well, if they're going to control the result, you don't want to have Florida Carolina finals in the Eastern Conference. There's no value in that at all, right? Ooh. Right. Now, Florida Carolina, like Florida does, couldn't even sell out because they said no Leaf fans here. So they weren't even a sold-out barn in the playoffs, right? And they got an exciting playoff caliber team because they get away with Goonan. They do. They do. You know, and then you look at the Western Conference, like you lost. But like, Tampa's who, good. Who, Tampa usually has a, a, a pretty strong following, right? Yeah, but if you've got your strongest following, you'll have like Toronto or Montreal or no, no, no. Rangers in the final, right? Or but just like think Vegas. of the pyramid. Just think Vegas of the pyramid. would be a big draw. Boston would be a big draw, right? Chicago. Look at Vegas. Right. Vegas has got Eichel now. Like They're Chicago, doing phenomenal. New York. Chicago, New York would be their, their probably dream final, right? That would yep. be a dream final for them as far as ratings in the States go. They don't really care if Canada makes it. No. Nope. No. In Canada, the dream final right now would be Toronto Edmonton, right? 100%. But yes. that doesn't move the needle about in the that States. For a while. Doesn't move the needle in the States, right? Nothing. No, but, but I bet you – yeah, but no. I, I, the revenue in Canada would go through the roof. Like for we, them, it's so much smarter to have Toronto get through. And they could easily say, look, let's enforce this series with, with – if you see a penalty, call it. But playoff has a different standards, right? So it is what it is. I'm not switching a gear here, but I want to get on the record saying that we can't get through this podcast without talking about CNN, okay? CNN. Go ahead. What do you want to talk about CNN for? Didn't they run Trump 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 last night? 
They did. Yes, they did. Pretty common. What was it? It was a Trump town hall. They had 400 people in the audience uh, that are either Republican or independent leaning Republican voters. And it no, was this is CNN. That's CNN. Yeah. But but keep in mind, though, since Biden was elected or maybe not even since 2020, I would say probably 2022, they started to kind of move the needle more to the middle. They want to be seen as more the middle, right? Where they're they're trying to look at both sides. They should be right. apartisan, right? Apolitical. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to be they're somewhere in the middle. They're trying to show both the news. Good, not take a side, there, right? There was there was some good feedback. So to Trevor's point, CNN, you know, definitely 2016 to 2020. Um, they were seen definitely as a left-leaning network. They still are center left-leaning network, but when but but then they took strides like but like Don Lemon, they got canned him. Cuomo, they canned him. So they, they Cuomo was a know, different uh, reason though. But oh, sure. why did they can yeah, these cats? Why did they can them? I used to watch these well, guys. But Cuomo had them. Cuomo had some journalistic integrity problems because his brother was the, yeah. the governor of New York State. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty self-explanatory. Don Lemon. Yeah was just this bleeding heart leftist that like just completely and no he'd one almost cry all that. the time eh? lemon it, it, he made, like he could not have when you're sitting there he had a prime time slot and then he got relegated to the morning show which had bad ratings and there's many clips of him completely not being able to be bipartisan when you're when interviewing somebody yeah. like it's one thing to challenge somebody it's yep. another thing to you know implement or import your views. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, George uh, Strump, um, or um, yeah. the guy on ABC. I can't yeah, even yeah. pronounce his last name. Yeah. He faded off, but then came, came back. Stephanopoulos. Right? Stephanopoulos. He faded yeah. away, but then came back. George Strompopoulos right? was much music, right. CBC, not Talk that guy. In Canada. Stephanopoulos. ABC. Stephanopoulos is ABC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you watch him, yeah. for example... And which I did on election night, um, he's very measured. He's, he, you know, he's down the center. Um, does he lean left? I couldn't tell you, you know, like your, um, you know, uh, what's the uh, P- Peter Mansbridge is another one. Rex Murphy, when he was on yeah. CBC is another one, right? Mike, Mar- Mike Wallace, Christopher Wallace, who was on Fox news. He was a phenomenal interviewer. Chris Wallace, um, you know, excellent for debates excellent. as well as a, as a moderator. Phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Mansbridge has been phenomenal. Mansbridge has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. These are your old school journalists, the people who kept it down the center. You would never, ever know what side of the political spectrum they were on. And you knew they had one. You knew they had one. Right. But the way they asked questions and the way they either, like a great example, like Chris Wallace, you watch like him while he's moderating a debate and it was like he didn't let either side get away with bullshit. No, it's like let's ring it back, like rein it back in. Here we go. Down, um, down you know, the like pipe. during the during the during the Trump debates, he'd be just like Mr. Yes. Trump, uh, Trump and Biden. He's like Mr. Trump. That's not what I asked. Answer the question. <laughs> yeah. And he's on Fox Keep News right back at in. the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So that was great. I'm not against CNN having Trump on. He is by far so basically they're going to have President Biden on, or they already have had him on. 
and he is the sitting president. He is Democrat. And if he decides to go through with his promise to run again, he will be the Democratic nominee. Um, and so if you're going to do that, look at, look at Trump right now. Trump is 56% approval rating in decided Republican voters. Meaning he currently right now, if the, if, if the primaries are run today, Trump is your candidate. Um, and DeSantis, who hasn't declared yet, is like 30 points behind. Like it's not even funny. So technically speaking, Nikki Haley is the only other one that's declared right now. Oh, no, there's um, Vivtech, I believe his name is. He, he's declared as well. But I don't think he's filed any paperwork yet. Um, but Nikki Haley has fired, filed paperwork. Um, so you, you've, you've got somebody who's, who's going to be right now, statistically, he's the Republican nominee, whether you like it or not. And you're going to have another Biden Trump showdown. Even if he's so behind bars. I, all I say is with, when it comes to that sort of stuff and you want to be down the center and you want to be balanced, make sure you have Nikki Haley on, make sure you have, uh, you know, DeSantis, when he declares on, make sure you have all the Republican nominees on because CNN is a primetime network, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't believe, I cannot believe that Trump is going to be running for the presidency again. I cannot, I, 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 I called it. I called you're it. Honestly, you're honestly asking why a narcissist is not, is running for president? No, I, what I, I can't, can't believe, believe the party would let him. Why he can't believe the party would 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 fan that fire, man? Yeah, good ratings. It's ratings. a business. They care it's about a ratings. business. It's a business. Yeah. Every fucking thing is a business, right? Excuse my language. Every freaking I, I still thing can't is a believe business. he got voted in and then voted in again, and now he's going to run again. What happens if he's in jail? If he gets incarcerated? Well, uh, it'll, it'll freeze. They'll freeze the um, proceedings probably during no, 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 this run. Hold on. Didn't uh, no, I don't know. The lion, the constitution thing. What the Joe? What's the guy's name? Oh, pandemic. Santos. Yes. No, no, the Lion King. The Lion King. Uh, Tiger King. Tiger King. Okay, Tiger King. Yeah. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Joe Mullet is apparently running for president. As an independent. Well, here's the thing. There's could be a good vice for Constitution that says that a there's nothing in the constitution that says that a someone with a criminal record cannot run for president. It only specifically states that you need, you cannot be foreign born. You have to be born in the United States. So like, can I know, bring the, something up? What, what you're saying Curry is correct, but here's the best part. There's nothing that says you can't run. But their rules say you can't vote. <laughs> well, okay, so depending on the state, because True. voting is on the state. So True. in this is the irony of the situation. Trump just got convicted in a civil lawsuit, which doesn't make him a criminal. It just makes him owe $5 million to the lady, right? To, to his victim. Um, but if he gets convicted <laughs> on one of those 30, 34 charges. That's only 34 charges, though. It's only 34. In, 34 well, felony if he gets charges. If he gets what about Stormy Daniels? He he could get off with just a bond, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, like just to pay in the bond and just not get out, not get put in jail. He can still run for president, 
but he cannot vote for himself in the state that he resides, which is Florida, because he's a convicted felon. And that's unless they change the rules, which DeSantis would not would not change the rules for him. I think we need The Rock to go against him. Oprah. That'd be kind of cool. Oprah wouldn't go on that side of the fence, though. But somebody like that, right? Right. Bring Barack back. I couldn't get over. So the clips that I've seen of the town hall, uh, Caitlin Collins was the moderator of the... um, Sounds like a good person. (laughs) She she was the moderator of the show. uh, Her and her tiny lips. Hey! Why do you get it? There's a lot of people with small lips out there. You just offended all of them. Yeah, you can I'm ask. Sorry. You can I'm ask gonna, Annalisa. She's kind of like any anyone with small lips out there. We apologize. Yeah, Trevor Curry or Trevor Trevor Lindy does not Trevor represent <laughs> all our opinions here. He obviously is anti small lips. Look, I got a no upper lip. Screw you. Okay, <laughs> nothing. Anyway, nothing he had the nerve. Trump in that interview would like belittle her and say like you're such a disgusting person. Like his See? typical BS. And like, where's the decorum? Oh, geez, that's that's the problem that I have with a lot of it. I have no problem with with Trump being because it, it, you you got. I'm, I'm a libertarian when it comes to that kind of stuff. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. As long as they keep it equal for everybody, then I don't really care. But to your point, Trevor, I she's have got beautiful lips. Problem. I think she's yes. got beautiful lips, Trevor. I'm if she beautiful. wanted to kiss Trev, you'd be kissing her. Yes or no? Yeah. Well. Yes or no, Trev? Yes, that's what I thought. So anyways, as I was saying, <laughs> the decorum is disgusting. Yeah. What what he's able to get away with and what he says. Beautiful. Oh, Jesus <laughs> What he's able to be said is 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 disgraceful. It's sexist. It's 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 in some cases racist. Let's grab it, them by the uh it it, it is. Well that came up all over he, the civil lawsuit. Yeah. Big like that yeah. that access Hollywood clip. Yeah. And they called him out right in in his deposition about it back in November. Yep. I, I, I it's crazy. It is. It, um, all right. There, well, what's the next topic? There guys? is what no other talk? word for it than crazy, though, to be yeah. honest. With Should you. we talk more about lips or are we doing just move past that? No, we're not. No? We're moving okay. on that. We can talk about Clint Eastwood being like 92, and I think he's got a 70 year old kid. A seventy-year-old yeah. kid or a yeah, seven-year-old? That's, math, that no, math, math, that's, math, that's mathematically correct. And then he also has, I think, a twenty-six-year-old kid. And that could also be mathematically correct. And he might Hollywood. have more kids than that too. Rules don't apply to Hollywood. That. But no, think of that age range from twenty-six to seventy-year-old. So he was having kids for the span of what forty-something years. I'm Good forty-seven. <laughs> oh, um. Yeah. All right. So let's let's. Want to do a market update on real estate or what? Okay, market update on real estate. Go ahead there, Collins. It's booming. Let's hear the market. Done. It's booming. That's it. Nice. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that update. Over to to Weather by Trevor. Succinct and to the point. (laughs) No, that's great. It's good to see that it's up. Yeah, it's busy. I I got a listing I put up three days ago. We're currently sitting at four offers. They got till five o'clock right now. And one of the ones I was showing houses to yesterday was a nice place in Thorold that I thought was slightly underpriced. And that's at five offers last night. And I don't know where that's going to go. And it's like, I'm burning the can on both. This is the reason why it's happening. I'm going to New York on Thursday next week and it's just going <laughs> to ramp up nonstop until I go. 
So I'm going to have to bring my laptop more than likely when I go, which is going to drive my wife nuts. But we get to go see. Anyone seen this? The Book of Mormon? Yes, no. I have. It's hilarious. Uh, I, everyone told, I've never heard of it before, but I'm going to go see that. And we're going to see City in Color plays Thursday night in New York next week, too. Oh, nice. That's nice. really cool. And their new album, shout out, St. Catherine Boyd. I love the new album. I'm just obsessed with it right now. Have you been to New York before? I have. When I came okay. back from Taiwan, I okay. stayed there one night, didn't sleep for 48 hours, drove back to Welland. Okay, so enjoy it this time. Like, Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all last yeah, time. I couldn't walk It's insane. Either. I've only been once, and it's one of those times where, like, as an adult, I was in awe, right? I was like... Like a little kid, right? right? Well, me, me and the wife were just going totally as uh, as tourists and fans and trying to enjoy it. And, and she, she, you know, we picked between Vegas and New York. We just thought yeah. the time of year is perfect for New York. And so she's like sitting colors playing. She tried to surprise me. I found out I just absolutely want to go see that. And then we're asking everybody what to do in the Book of Mormon. Came up. I was like, I love South Park. So yeah. Central, Park. Central Park. Central Park. Central Park. Well, yeah, we'll head to, and then we're meeting a couple, uh, like one of my best friends is coming up from Philadelphia to his wife on Saturday night. And we're going to. Central Park, whatever. Strawberry I'm going to try to get mugged. I want to get mugged. I think that's part of the experience. So. Strawberry Fields. I'm going to mouth off people at three in the morning on Saturday and see what happens. And then, you know, okay, we want to do the ferry ride. Shot, please. Carry your wallet that's about that thick. Everybody oh, yeah. will know uh, you can be mugged. I'm going to get all yeah. my cards there. I'm going to wear like Mr. T jewelry, I think. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna get, Don't like, do four, it, man. Four Don't rings, do it. Four rings on each finger. I'm going to see. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt the stereotypes and see. Everyone told me it's super safe there and feel great about it. Yeah. So cool. I think if I miss their tea up with my jewelry, I want to see uh, see if people will bug me. They might. People might start throwing money at you. And believe me, if you wanted they to bug me with a gun, I'd be like, here, take whatever you want. Here you go. You want me to go to the ATM machine? Wouldn't be a problem. I'm not getting shot over it. So think uh, one of those on entertainers. What? What are we going to, okay. So honestly, so you, you, let's move on with it. So the real estate market is definitely booming. It's coming back. You're happy with it. Well, it's interesting because um, I wouldn't say it's booming as far as everything selling as soon as it lists, but it's booming because buyers and sellers are both active busy right now. It's balanced, right? And I work best about, in a balanced market. Both sides are active right now. How, how about the, how about the, um, for example, the uh, nationally, what are you, what are you, what are you seeing? I don't know. I'm paying attention to the Niagara region. What a, I, I, I don't have enough time to like do anything right now. So it's just like I wake up, I do you can't smell your for four or five right? hours. I show some houses. I have to deal with offers. I'm like what nine to the 11 price every points, day right Jeff? The, the, the price index in Niagara has gone up two months in a row. So that's an indication that we're on the rise. What, what they're telling you in Niagara right now, you better buy before summer because it's going to start to go up. Yep. So it's like get going. I agree with that. And, and I well, think you can tell people are feeling it. So they're out there. The listings are starting to pick up. The buyers are pulling triggers again, which is the biggest change because they haven't. And it's all because the interest rate has stayed flat because it's not going up anymore, which once again, Bank of Canada is always saying we could go up. You know, we don't know what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. I think we all have the consensus. They're pretty much staying flat probably for the they're, rest of the year. They keep saying they're on a stay and hold. So What's the inflation numbers in that because, place been at? Do we have an update on that? So it just went. It just so inflation was down actually, uh, <clears throat> in the most recent. Just where, where did I read that? A couple days ago, so inflation was down. Um, preliminary results from April uh, say that inflation is down again too. I mean, just think about it. It's just more expensive to do anything now. Like mm -hmm. you're you're double you're, you're double thinking everything on what you're doing, where you're going, how you're spending your money. Um, you know, people are investing differently. 
also. So they're, they're trying to hedge against the high in, high inflation and they're starting to pay down debt, which is always a good sign. So I was um, laughing about this with my wife the other day. Like, like my son's got a, he's interested in a girl, whatever, back and forth, right? I'm like, what do the young kids do? Grade eight, grade nine. They might go to the movies for a date, maybe, maybe fast food. The mall, so, maybe. So say a, a, a boy, you know, I still say pay for the girl. You know, I, I've tried to be, you know. Shoeless. They don't like that now, though. But we'll find. I'm sure. I'm sure there's still girls out there who like to be paid sure for. Is. There's um, princesses. Yeah. But say my son takes a girl to Harvey's and then the movies that night. That's a $75 price tag for a kid to go on a date nowadays. It's unreal. Like, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Like, like Harvey's combo now, 16 bucks, 17 bucks, right? And you don't want to movies. pull out a coupon. You don't want to pull out a coupon on the <laughs> right? Look, take it out of a big Costanza wallet and say, there's got to be a Harvey coupon in your Oh, shit, it, it, it expired. <laughs> Just in April. <laughs> Mom, Dad, can you drive me to Costco? I got to get a, I got to get a two-pack for the movie so I can save a little bit of my... <laughs> oh, my God, it's going to be so hard to date now. I got to like... Oh. Oh. You, you kick my kid wants to go to the, the mall to hang out with his buddies for the day. I got to give him 40 bucks just to hang out for the day. I'm like, oh my God, you're cutting the grass, boy. I got 1.2 acres to cut. Get out there. And you're allowed to go to the mall once a week. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's the, here's the, here, let me just share my screen here on the, on that one. So here you guys go. Here it is right here in CBC News. So in March, the official numbers are in. Can you uh, blow that up? Thank you. 4.3%. But but wow. okay, okay now what's that down? It's That's sticky. Down. It's sticky. It's it's sticky. In, in, uh, you know, inflation sticky. Now, we can't food get it down. prices are still have increased nine point seven percent at an annual pace in the year of March, though. That's still that's still the scary part. So the decelerated to four point three, down from five point two the previous month. But that you know, we got to look at it holistically. But when you when you break it out, um. A lot of that's driven, a lot of the decline is driven by gasoline prices, right? Mm -hmm. Th that's why the, the big decline that, that's happening. Especially diesel. But food, Diesel's but way food down. food prices are, are a big deal. Yeah. Didn't uh, Weston, so, uh, isn't there a change at Weston there too? Yeah, he's oh, just he, stepped he, down he's, as, he's stepped down. yeah, he's okay. still very much involved. Okay. I, I knew he had switched the gear. I think we may have talked about her. Go back to that girl. See how big her lips are. I want to see if uh, Lindy thinks they're oh, appropriate. Right. What about our employment no, metrics? What about our employment, unemployment metrics? That's the problem. Unemployment, it's, it's unemployment still, is still very low. Right? That's why it's sticky. Yep. Like they're sticky. Both, they can't drop well, interest rates. Too many people have jobs. So the majority of... So how do you get out of this? The majority of the job creation that happened last month was part-time. Not full time work. Oh, right? summer and, summer jobs and all that, right? And the fact that just everything in general, and the majority of the jobs are being filled by immigration. Yeah, so fruit picking. So, well, well how I about mean, this? To, how about this is just the market that we've got to acclimate ourselves. Well, to. I here's my personal here's my personal thought on it. First of all, Canada's immigration has to stay at the three hundred and fifty thousand people and higher because we're not having any kids. And at the end of the day, if we're not having any kids, we can't keep filling the bottom of the pyramid to keep our social system that we all love, you know. And Europe's in, running in out of land. That's, well, that's right. So we're we, with a proper hierarchy. Um, so there's that piece. The other piece, though, is I truly think unemploy an unemployment rate 
is just not going to be as a reliable statistic in the future as an indicator for a recession or a growth rate. And here's why. Our, our baby boomers, right, was the largest generation. Mm-hmm. And so they used, it was, unemployment rate was a, um, how can I put this? Construct. It was a reliable statistic because they all wanted to work for the, for the, vast majority they all wanted to work but now as as the as the generations have gone on which gen x millennials and then gen z which is the next largest generation we've we have um is that what it is gen z gen z's the next largest uh to the boomers yeah (laughs) okay yeah yeah because they didn't know they well it because Boomers had less kids than themselves in millennials. Yeah. But then your Gen X, which was smaller than your boomers, then had more kids, okay. tended to have equal, at least equal kids yeah, than yeah, themselves. Good. So why one of the reasons why I want to get Peter Zion on here, um, because he's, he's a geopoliticist and he kind of follows all Perfect. this stuff. But, the, but the, so when you have a, a, a generation that, just either casually works, only works when they want to or when they have to. Um, unemployment, an unemployment rate is just not that reliable because you can elect yourself as long as you say you're not currently looking for work, you're not considered unemployed. You're I remember you said that before market. too. I remember yeah. you said that before too because it, so it's, it's, it skews it's a methodology, the stats, right? Yeah, because if you say you're not looking for work, if they if they say I'm not looking for work, I'm on mat leave, or I'm not looking for work, I'm on leave, or I'm traveling, or whatever, you're not technically unemployed. Whereas if you go back a hundred years, so for example, after the after World War One, the U.S. technically a little bit of coincidence uh, when you compare the Afghan War and what's going on right, what happened after World War One, and then you had a pandemic. And then you had a little recession in the 1920s, but then you had a massive boom in the 20s. And I just hope we don't end it with a depression. But <laughs> that being said, there was a recession. I and in 1923, I believe, was the year. The That was one of the lowest unemployment rates, but they never had. They either said either you can work and are you employed, yes or no. And so pretty much everyone's gainfully employed. They had like a one or two percent unemployment rate in the in wow. the US at that stage. So it was it was it was at technically full employment. Um now that's not gonna happen, but also on top of that, you'll always have these job openings until we have the ability to to redesign our economy to suit with less people. So if your boomers are all retiring, right? What corporations need is a couple of years to consolidate and redefine jobs. And then once that happens, you're not going to have multiple jobs for different things. You're going to have one person doing multiple jobs. Um, so technically speaking, your unemployment rate will be more accurate. But that won't that'll take that'll take a couple of years for that to 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 filter through. So I just don't see having seeing an unemployment rate at three percent to be to be that accurate. It just, it just doesn't make any sense because there's a lot of able-bodied people that are choosing not to work. And I think it's keeping it artificially low. They're just selecting themselves out of the labor market. I like that explanation because that's the only plausible explanation that makes has ever made sense given the fact that both of these 
we'll call them indices or whatever, are, are both on a downward trajectory, but yet we're not seeing the full effect of it, right? Yep. Yep, totally. Um, so where are you seeing the legal landscape there, Bondo? Uh, anything um, crazy it's, that... Oh, the legal legal landscape, it kind of took off, you know, a few years ago, and it doesn't seem to be turning back. People are getting crazier. People are getting a little bit, uh, people are getting a little bit less tolerant with one another, right? And it's, uh, we, we all got to try and do a little bit better in that respect, myself included, but it's uh, nasty things happen, small little nasty things that shouldn't necessarily happen to one another. Uh, but no, the volume, volume's good to starting to, we've maintained good volume uh, through. Well, uh, and I think the pandemic created a lot of separations with people. So there's a lot of real estate that's occurred because of separation and, you know, someone selling off their spousal house and all that. And then they both buy a new house. Like this is the busiest I've ever been with separations and it's the most uncomfortable. But listen, so people that, that are separating. It is, though. it is. Yeah. People that are separating, I mean, if I can lend any advice to that realm, if you've made the decision to separate, there's two components, right? There's an emotional component and there's a business component. Don't try not to mix the emotion in with the business component, right? Try and keep yeah. a level head about the business side and, and treat the emotion separate because it's once you mix those two, that you end up by making a nightmare for not only yourself, but everybody else that's working with you Probably because kids, none of us kids involved too. Oof. Yeah. Kids, we, lawyers, I'm going to say some lawyers, cause I know for sure I can't say all lawyers don't want to be charging what they have to on some of these files, but sometimes people get so positional because of their emotions that it interferes with their business sense. Right. Well, and, clouds uh, logic, right? And it's it does. You look for a pound of flesh, and you it can. does. You gotta because the longer you drag that out, the more it costs, and you gotta move on with life. Really, if you've made that agreement to do it, right? So yeah, and from a lawyer's perspective, you're you're always. I mean, from my perspective, always making sure that you're justifying what you've. Everybody should what you've done, what you've done, right? Make give mm -hmm. justification for what you've done. Well, at the end of the day, you know we buy a house for you. You know what I mean? Or we, we buy a business and corporation, whatever this, what you do for you. But in a separation, sometimes you can have a nice simple separation or a long separation. At the end of the day, you still separated the parties, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes they'll have a price tag of five grand or 10 grand. And sometimes it'll have a price tag in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And that's a lot dependent on the parties themselves. Yeah. Speaking of this Curry, weren't you talking about a particular, um, news article that you said you wanted to bring up on an episode because of interprovincial, right? Being married in a, in one province, moving to Ontario, the laws are different. So prenuptial agreements. Yeah. So there was an article <laughs> in the, um, in the, in the C, I think it was the Globe and Mail or, or it was on CBC. I can't really remember, but here's the synopsis of, of, of the actual article. And so th this couple met in university. Um, he, they're both in business school um, in Quebec. Okay. And this family had, he would have been the third or fourth generation. He would have been inheriting a massive uh, family um, fortune. Um, like and business tied, Curry, or is it just like, is there business or is it insurance or? 
no, no, there's business involved. Okay. Um, so it's a family business. And so what ended up happening was uh, the family, but prior to um, getting married, um, they wanted uh, they wanted a prenup to be done. So they bought the they did the prenup, and um, and she signed. That wasn't an issue. And so, anyways, thirty years later, um, they decide to they're getting separated. But the one difference is, is ten years prior, they decided to move to the province of Ontario. And what ended up happening was, as we know. Property is provincial. Marriage is federal. They're two mutually exclusive things. And so she took him to court and the judge agreed that even though the prenup, if it was signed in the province of Ontario, would have been valid and would have been upheld because a will or because the prenup and insert will, insert power of attorney, insert anything you want in this particular situation, was not done also in the province of Ontario. The Quebec will was not valid in the province of Ontario, or the, the Quebec prenup was not valid in the province of Ontario. And so she's entitled to all the growth of the company from the time that they moved to the province of Ontario to the time that they got divorced, which if you look at the last 10 to 15 years, that would have been the bulk of the growth of the corporation um, in that time period based on returns and when they when they factored it all in. So she's entitled to half. And I keep telling this to our friends, right, Bondo? And I keep telling this to my clients and no one wants to f and listen. <laughs> Just because you have a will in a, in a power of attorney in the province of Ontario or name a province, yeah. name a state to the people who live in the U.S., I don't care. And you have assets or of any kind, cottage, a car, it could be a family farm. It does not matter. If it's in another state or province, you need a will and power of attorney for property specifically, um, and for uh, and also a prenup if applicable, in each province that you have property. Otherwise, you are subject to the rules of that particular um, province or state. So, hypothetically, Bondo, because we don't know anybody, yeah, we don't know anybody that has this situation. No, let's say they have a winter property and. Oh, I don't know, New York State, so that they could go skiing or maybe somewhere down south or down east yep. in Quebec or BC. Yeah. It does not matter. You need to have a prenup or a will or a power of attorney for property in those particular provinces for anything to be valid. Otherwise, the, the state or the province has every reason to tell you not valid here. Let, let so me speak that, to it in terms of what I know. I know contract law. I don't know family law. I, I, I'm too far <coughs> away from the states to give um, a qualified opinion. I, I do. I am very uh, familiar with it, but I, I'm a few years outside of my <coughs> education on it, so I wouldn't want to comment on it. To, so as just to give maybe dated advice, but essentially your contract will almost always have a provision that'll state where it's governed. 
Your prenup is a contract. That's a contract between the parties. And it'll have a provision in there that says it's governed by the laws of the province of Ontario, Canada. Can so you do a blanket one that's all of Canada or is it you have to do an individual one for you, each province? You may be able to do one that says it's it's federally regulated. Uh, I've not been a party to one of those contracts, but it would make sense that you can within one document potentially you can federally incorporate. Yes. Yeah, you could in federally incorporate. Family family law is just as a correction, my understanding is it's more provincially driven and that's what creates the separation right mm -hmm. because if the the prenuptial agreement is under quebec law and quebec is a little bit unique because so, quebec has its own set of laws no other province like it has a separate criminal code yes right like uh, or civil code like that nobody else in Canada. All the other provinces, for the most part, are fairly close, but Quebec is a unique anomaly. Uh, so very, very particularly, if you own things in Quebec, very, very, very make certain that you do have an understanding of the way things operate in Quebec, and there should be some form of extra-provincial if it's not Quebec, and even possibly... A, a new agreement um, when you're outside of Quebec and, and, and even, as Brandon said, in other the provinces. Now, when you go stateside, you're opening up a whole other can of worms, right? Because you're not only now talking about contractual law, you're also talking about taxation, right? Like, and you've got to direct your mind to a whole uh, variety of things, once you've gone to a completely different country. So yes, absolutely. The long and short of it is, in most instances, you've got to have a, a, a document that speaks in that province's language or that state's languages or laws in order for it to be binding. Um, but you can sometimes put language in that will, you know, at least in, in, in Ontario, that'll give it extra provincial recognition. Um, might be possible. So, so I found the article. If, if I'm, I'm going to share it right now, okay. Again, keep Just keep in mind. Time. Keep in mind, Quebec is very unique in Canada uh, yes. because it, it it it's got it's carved out its own. Like, just think of uh, politically speaking. Try anywhere else in Canada to vote for the Bloc. No, you can't. Right? Well, so. Yes, but that that's a little bit that's a little bit different, and and the reason why it's a little bit different is because they just chose not to register the the the, the block federally, or or not to, in in each province because you yeah anyway correct but that's um, what they've yeah, done but, the same. they 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 created their own civil code right so the way that they govern their 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 laws govern in their province different than the rest of Canada that they have. Uh, particular legislation. Generally speaking, when you you read a contract in Ontario and you read a contract in British Columbia, they're going to be fairly close. And I'm not saying that Quebec's not, but it have definite likelihood that it has a higher chance of being different. So 
the reason why that sounded like a freaking lawyer <laughs> sentence right there. Well, but the reason why they got married when they did was because she was on a student visa. She got offered a job. She wanted to stay. She's an Im- she was an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from where I don't know, it doesn't state. But uh, so the the parents, rightfully so, to protect the the to protect this. Yep. This these assets. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the husband's family insisted that the husband enter into a contract with his wife that would protect the, protect the husband's family business. Despite the wife's discontent with her in-laws interference, the couple signed a contract called Modification of Matrimonial Property Regime. The contract provided the couple was to be separate as to property. Owing to subsequent changes to the legislation in Quebec governing matrimonial property, the couple signed a further contract two years later, confirming the changes would not apply to them. They remained separate as to property. And then in 93, they relocated. So we're talking 27, 20, 30 years ago. They relocated from Quebec to Ontario. They were they, where they lived until their separation in 2015. At that time, the husband's net worth was in the multi-millions, including shares in private corporations, many of which were real estate companies with interests. Um Hold on a second there, Brent. Network. I wonder if it's because yeah. he owned shares as opposed to real property. No, shares still st- shares still are considered property. It doesn't put it in the max, right? It it's just taxation's different, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But no, that that would still be considered property. Um, That's nasty. You know. That's nasty. Yeah, so she's, eh? in, she's now entitled to eight million dollars. <sighs> yeah. I mean. Who knows what else go, went, you know, on in the 30, 40 years. But, I mean, if it's a family business and it's a multi-generation, that's, uh, you know, just think of all of us, right? Just think three years down the road or three generations down the road from what we've created. And then, and then uh, you know, somebody not of our blood kind of strips half of it away. So here it is right here. Um, bah, 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 bah. After a two-day hearing in August of 2022, Justice Doyle released her decision in December. Since the couple resided in Ontario at the time of their separation, Justice Doyle applied the laws of Ontario and quickly found that Quebec found the, that the Quebec contracts met the formal requirements of a domestic contract under the Ontario's <coughs> Law Act. The Quebec contracts were in writing, signed by the parties, and witnessed and dealt with aspects of property division. But Justice Doyle took a deeper look at the contracts and found that while they might may they met formal requirements, they did not contain direct and cognate language that would act as a bar to the wife's claim under the laws of Ontario for equalization of property. So they didn't put verbiage in there that would protect moving amongst the the the, the country. Um, the so I, 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 I think pay legal fees, but yeah, because I mean, part of it's legislated and then part of it's common law, yep. right? Like here in Ontario, right? So we look at precedent and we say like, what, you know, what, what, how has this been treated in the past? Right. Kind of deal. And so maybe Quebec operates a little bit differently there, but uh, that's great. Well, the way you know, I read it, and, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but the way that I read that article was that it was done right. It was done properly. In the, and if that contract was done the same way in Ontario, it would up, be upheld. But there was no language <coughs> in there that, pre- that prevented Ontario property law 
from dividing the assets. So it does not matter. Yeah. Brutal. So I think it just, this is just another example of if, you know, regardless, just it's going to happen and um, it'll continue to happen. So you just got to really watch yourself and really well, get the advice things. and get the paperwork in place. Right. Period. Yeah. Well, bless you. Trevor and I had this long rant yesterday. People still think that they know more than, than the lawyers, more low, know more than the financial planners and still think that they can do it themselves. But in this particular case, this is where a lawyer did it the, to the best of their knowledge. Like yep. the, no one told the lawyer, yep. oh, we're thinking of moving to Ontario. Nope. And probably didn't even tell the lawyer that, you know, nope. the, what the lawyers do is transactional. What what is And your license in the province. That's right. I can't tell you what goes on in Quebec. Correct. That's all I can say is if you own property in Quebec, you own property in the States, you own property somewhere outside of Ontario, double check to what, see what their rules are on dealing with that property. Yeah. But right? you and you and John are going to go and advise, mm-hmm. do your homework. hundred percent. We've had many a conversations where most lawyers don't. Yeah. Most financial right? planners don't, you know, most investment bankers don't. They don't care and they, well, don't, they, want they don't really care. The faster, you know? the better. Some, a lot of times people, right? Right. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, don't assume just because that you got one. And also another thing too, I've got, I had, that they're a, good. I had a client um, come to me um, trying to keep it as general as possible. The, the generic of it is there was family money on one side, not on the other side. They got together and, um, but everything is still in the, the one side's name, the one parent's name. And so there was a, there was a prenup done. Okay, cool. I, I, I can support that. I understand that from a financial planning perspective. There's nothing wrong with that. She signed it willfully and not under any duress. So everything's fine there. Um, however, they don't own a matrimonial home. And so when I started to do some digging, there is a loophole in the prenup, and that is basically <clears throat> you can't unknowingly waive your right to something. So the house they're living in right now is a, is a rental property that they pay rent for because of the current market conditions at the time. Right? Like the, the, the market conditions were not suitable for them to get a mortgage at the time. Hold on right? one sec, Brent. Yeah. You can't knowingly... You can unknowingly. Un- unknowingly contract out of out. something Correct. less than what the law says you're entitled to. So in the, let's just use this. So you, every spouse is entitled to 50% of the matrimonial home. You can't, I can't get together with my wife, make her sign a document that states all properties mine, regardless of X, Y, and Z. And then that house ends up becoming the one of the houses ends up becoming the matrimonial home. Doesn't matter if I had that as part of my rental properties or not. My wife can't unknowingly waive her right to the matri- fifty percent of the matrimonial home. Can't happen. Not unknowingly. No. No. You have to basically state, okay, John is bringing in the matrimonial home here from the time of here to here. Uh, or up until this time, he's locking in his adjusted cost base. But from the time of marriage onwards, 
um, you can say that like the marriage onwards, like, okay, that's maybe 50, 50, you can work out that, but you can't just blankly sign away your right to something. Right. And I mean, that person would have to, I don't know tons about family law, so I'm, I, I'm not being overly vocal on it intentionally, but at the end of the day, that other person would have to get or should seek independent legal advice as well, or at, at least waive, you know what I mean? Cause you, you don't, you don't ever want to sign a contract and it should never, ever be anybody's advice to sign any kind of agreement that if you do not understand the content of that agreement. So either read it yourself and understand it or have somebody interpret it and read it and interpret it for you. Right. Listen, stop people. It's foolish. Right. Read yeah. it or have somebody read it for you. Speaking of foolish, speaking of foolish, I want to switch gears here a little bit because something's happening real time right now for me. I want to get your guys' opinion. Real-time breaking news. Real-time breaking news. I've got a a new listing I put up recently. It's um, in Port Coburn. Is this your way of saying you need Bond's legal advice right now? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm I'm talking from a strategic standpoint from the real estate agent. I'm trying to give some insight on it. So I've got just get your guys' opinion on here. 1.56 acres. Has horse stables, fourteen hundred square foot bungalow with crawl space. So it's that house. Have you ever been in a crawl space house? It's kind of walky floors and all that stuff, right? Crawl space. So what's your crawl space? Four feet, five feet? I don't know. I've never stuck my head under okay. that. Um, but it's 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 bad enough that you pretty much have to redo the the floors basically on it or shim it up, whatever you got to do, right? So it's a great piece of land that some people might want to tear down, right, and rebuild. It's got a septic on it. It's on propane. But some people might try to rejuvenate it, right, and, and kind of make Because if you look at a first-time buying, you're not finding anything detached at 400000 really, let alone 1.6 acres, right? 400000 you said? 400000 But it's 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 not even really livable right now in the shape it's in. Yeah, but you said it's on 1.6 acres of land. Exactly. But you can find two acres of land in the 325 to 375 price range. In similar areas, right? So then you've got a house that you've got to tear down in order to get the similar lot. So really it's best sale price would not be given by tearing it down and rebuilding. It would be by rejuvenating. Because if you look at a first-time buyer out there, what do you find at $400,000 that has – so when people phone up and say, well, there's no pictures on this, and I specifically do this, it's strategic because first off, the seller doesn't want to show the pictures because they look that bad. But secondly, I want to get people through and all that, right? So lo and behold, clearly a lot of interest in the property, right? Everybody wants to see the inside. 100%. I've got personal pictures that I can text people the pictures to say, look, here you're at. You know, it's a great opportunity. Like anybody who's a first-time buyer is going to say, wow, I can get 1.6 acres, stables, blah, 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 right? So right now we've been on the market for about three days, 15 showings. We're at four offers. Okay, so four offers right now. Now, are you holding? No, I'm not holding, but what I'm doing because it's an estate sale, I, you know, they have to talk to siblings and all that yep. and figure out what they're doing. Yep. But it's also right. strategic that as soon as one offer comes in, it's got to be 48 hours irrevocable. Gotcha. But what that also does is it gives me the time to make sure the first offer coming in isn't necessarily the best offer, right? Which usually so, it is, right, Jeff? No, not at all. Not even close. No way. No, no, no. Usually the first offer is not the best offer by, by any means. The problem in the market, and, and you got to look at it from and a I meant like first buyer. First, not at all. Mm-hmm. First buyer wants to rush the market, wants to beat the market to it, might give full place or very close, right? You got to look at it from a real estate agent's point of view. 
right? You got a busy agent and someone says, well, house just listed. I want to see it right away. My docket for the day might not be available to take you to that house. Oh, 100%. Right? right. So 100%. usually you need about a week on the market. So every agent has an opportunity to visualize that, that property and potentially see it in person, right? So anyways, my frustration comes in, in here is if you have no offers on it and you're in the first two weeks, the way I list the house is, you better give me full or damn close to it, right? Otherwise, we're going to wait it out to see if everyone else has it, right? So yep. I've got offers coming in. Now, the problem is when you're in a busy market, when I said it was booming earlier, it means people are pulling triggers. They're putting, putting offers on paper. So if you've got four offers on a house list at $399, which is a very sellable house, what would you think is a reasonable price point? But if I was representing you guys as buyers, what would you think is reasonable? This is one one point seven, one point six acres. One point five six acres. Septic. Right, well, stables. Just, has a house, but I'd say, you need to put in fifty grand minimum. I'd say at least one point two, based on that size of land and that you, you have a bungalow, right? Like just no, 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 no. If you were trying to acquire this property, oh. what would you think is a reasonable offer to acquire it at a listing point of three ninety nine? Four offers in play. I'm at probably minimum five and a quarter. Okay, well, let's make sure my, my clients are listening to this. Okay. You, the context of you haven't seen it at all either, right? Like I, no. I should send pictures to you and all that. Anyways, my frustration comes in, four offers on it. Someone just sent in an offer to me right now while we're on there. And they give me an offer of 250000 bucks. Okay, so the frustration, you put in whatever offer you want. Well, hold on a second. How bad is this fucking house, Jeff? Yeah, like these it's people. Closer, are it's close to a teardown, but you could rejuvenate it to be something. You got to put in fifty grand to make it livable. Okay, okay. that's with fifty grand. That's with. But if you're talking for putting in fifty grand and you've got it listed, you got one point six acres in my head. I've mm. got two questions. Yep. Go ahead, though. Go ahead, Bondo. In my head, the land. If you can rejuvenate a fourteen hundred square foot property. With 50K and you're on one point, wait, where's the location? Port Nothing. Colburn. Port Colburn, rural Port Colburn. Okay. Well, you're going to lose money there too, right? No, no. See, when I'm, when I'm doing a CMA on it, the two considerations I have. I, to I think you're low at 400, Jeff. But the problem here is you're looking at it from a land standpoint, right? So then you have to yes. count what kind of land can you get out there that's two acres with nothing to tear down. Yeah. Nothing to tear down. Two acres. Yeah, you got to pay for the tear 325, down. 375. Well, tear down, decommission of a septic. There's quite a bit you have to do, right? So this happened down the street from mine right now where an agent put up one that was 460 on a huge lot. So he's like, it's any, a great place to tear down. I'm like, we got to pay to tear down. It's not a free tear down, right? After that assessment, anything less than 350, in my opinion, would be ignorant. Okay, exactly. So, so, and you guys haven't been through it and, Kind Correct. of, you know, done your own reconnaissance yeah. on it, right? But if you put an offer at 250 in the first four days of a listing, is there any chance in hell that gets accepted? No. 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 So what's that do to the offer to the other three agents who are on there? It pushes their price. Right? Well, I'm doing my job. I'm pushing my price as much as I can, right? Yep, of course. But what's the benefit for this buyer to throw in 250 on it? It pushes the other price and all that. It escalates the market. It puts, you know, like panic kind of in the market a little bit. How, how does it do that though, Jeff? How does well, it do because that? Because if you have, say you have offers, and I don't know where it's going to tap because I haven't got all the offers in play right now. Yeah. But one offer, you're very close to the list price in the first week, right? That's okay. how you get it done. 
two yeah. offers, maybe you're five grand, maybe 10 grand over list. You get the three and four offers, you're getting to the point where you're 25, 50. You're going to get one agent who pushes hard to get it, right? So I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm doing it exactly by the book yeah. how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. But that 250 right there, because nobody knows what the other offers are, right? Yeah. So fourth offer in there, because it comes after the first three offers are oh, registered. Okay. Okay. Right? okay. So it's one offer registered, two yeah. offers registered, three offers. So it's so not pushing the ball. Saying, well, well, they're pushing the price. They're escalating yeah. the price. Yeah. 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 You're putting yeah. in an offer that has no chance of getting accepted any way, shape, or form. Because if I'm a listing person, here. but if I'm a listing person and I list something at 400000 are you doing that? And just I'm the agent, and I said, "Yeah, we'll take two fifty for sure." I did my job. Give me a payday. I did the best I could to get as much as I could. Is there any way, shape, or form in hell that would ever get listed? If I was listing one of your guys' property, we came and cut my price. It was worth four hundred thousand, and I said, "Well, first off, we came in at two fifty. We got to take it." Am I doing my job? Am I making any money for my client? Am no. I pushing the envelope at all? No. So, what's the purpose of putting this two hundred fifty thousand dollar offer in here? Wasting right. time. What, what what does this do? What what does it do? Is it pushes price on it, right? Yep. Because I could get ten offers of three fifty on a house yep. that's worth four hundred, but one guy's going to go high. Yep. Right. One guy's going to go high. Yep. Now I did my research on this property where I put the price point is where I think it should sell. This okay. is me doing my research on. It. This well, is not me lowballing. This is not me trying to push price cause a bid. To me, this is there's two ways this house gets bought. Which we know that's not your either style. it's torn down and you know a beautiful piece of land you build on it, which I think is the expensive route. Because if you're at four hundred thousand, I can find a better lot that doesn't need anything to be torn down at three fifty. I'm going to take that lot if I had to choose between two lots, right? Yep. Or if I get something that's two acres as opposed to one five six acres for three hundred ninety nine, I'll probably take that lot, right? Yep. So then you look at it. Okay, if this is a first-time buyer house and they're going to rejuvenate this house to live in it, I hate crawl space houses, right? Because all the floors are wonky. You got to re-shim it up and all that. You might have issues underneath, blah, blah, blah. You got to put in 25 to 50 grand to make it livable. So new kitchen, new bathroom, new floors, drywall repairs, trim, electrical repairs, plumbing repairs, any house should do, right? There's always going to be electrical and plumbing and everything like that. So my synopsis was, or my conclusion came to was that the best chance for me to get it would be a first-time buyer, someone who says, wow, I can have 1.6 acres in here, and I'm going to have to live in a, a not nice place for a while until I get there. But as long as I tough it out, it's almost like living in an RV for a while or a tent in the damn place. If I tough it out, slowly fix it up myself and all that, five years from now, it's going to be quite the investment. I still think it's best to add a foundation, right? So the best course of action I think would be to find a buyer who's going to try to live in it as is and fix it up. Right. Yep. Because tearing it down, you're just going to take the lot. You don't need to tear yep. anything down. Yeah. Right? makes more sense. Right. So then the person buying at 250 probably says, well, I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to build a nice house there, but it's not worth it at 399. So 250 makes sense to me because I have to decommission a septic system. I'll have to tear down the house. I'll have to bulldoze it. I'll have to fill in the pond back there, regrade it, blah, blah, blah. All this cost. Well, I need to do 150 grand worth of work, so I should take it off the house price, right? But what it does is you have a no chance in hell offer that comes in. No chance. But all the other people see four offers now, not three offers. Or could be a fifth offer now. And everybody knows there's four offers in it. So other people are looking at it. Do you think all four offers are coming at 250 or lower? No. You know? No. 
Like, so what's the point of it? Like, it's a dick that. offer. It's a dick offer, so, right? No, it's, got, it makes me look at this age of the year. You're, you're an idiot. You wasted your time, or you're getting bullied by your buyer. The buyer's saying, "I don't care. Put it in. I think that's all it's worth." So okay. here's a couple of things right. I yeah. would say. So yes, you mm-hmm. priced it based on the four hundred, right? What it? So I put the fifty grand in. Mm-hmm. What's the house worth? Five hundred, maybe. You're not making huge off of it. But I'm looking. What if at you put a foundation in, and you put fifty grand into that, that's got to be a six plus house, man. On it. But the the problem is, you're not just I keeping haven't the seen same it. layout. Now you guys have seen this, right? So you're not keeping the same layout. Yeah. You got to keep in mind if, if you're trying to make you could, you could probably make it a great house. Like if you told Are you realistic you on the fifty house. though, Jeff. I guess like is fifty you but just putting lipstick on the pig or this is all I do. Yeah. stroke checks and invoices. No, I know. Renovations and builds. So I am as bang on about renovations as you can get out there. And yes, current. but you also know that there's there's lipstick renovations and then there's there's solid renovations, right? Your well, renovation. solid renovation would be putting in a proper foundation, having a basement. Yeah. Okay. That's Kitchen, the solid. Bathroom so, work, right? So if you're doing the lipstick on the pig renovation, which is appealing to some people because they could have that house. Really, the proper, the proper retool of the house is to lift the house or tear it down or do it, yeah, yeah. right? Put but a full basement in there. People don't have that choice to do it. People looking to buy a $400,000 house yeah, yeah, don't yeah. think they have 1.5 acres in the realm of possibility, right? So if they do buy the house, put in 50 grand, you're always going to have potential mold issues in the basement yeah. or wonky floors that you're going to have to consistently replace, all that's going to be a, a natural life occurrence until one day you make enough equity on the house that you could lift the house, put in a foundation, and you might get there. Yeah. Right? But if you put 50 grand in it, you're still going to have wonky floors. It, crawl space is the worst house ever built. Okay. Right? But okay. they just started yeah. like that. Right? Yep. I, just, yep. I can't stand them. I stay away from them. I just think the problems, they got mold issues, they got all kinds of ventilation issues, all kinds of stuff that can happen. Right? Yep. But- so. So like, this is the thing though, that, that offer that comes in at two fifty, mm-hmm. they're now 300. So they're trying to make mad bank and have a, make $200,000 of cash. Well, oh, no, yeah, because they got to drop the house, right? Mm-hmm. So they have expenses into it to bring it into a point where they then want to take, they, you know, essentially if I'm understanding you, Jeff, it's vacant, vacant land. It's probably worth 350,000. Yeah. Probably about that. Right. Clear. Yep. In order for these people to make it vacant, it's going to cost them probably seventy-five. Oh, yeah, I don't so know if it's that much. Like I've got a guy, just so you guys all know, a wicked guy. He'll tear down a house in a day, remove it all, keeps everything in it, so you have no choice on it. Yeah. He's ten to twenty thousand for any house you can find. That's fantastic. Okay, but what he does is just gets a bunch of bins, yep. bulldoze it, throws it in there. It's gone. Yep. gone. Right. One day, he says but- it's his favorite job to do. Because it's all labor, he owns the trucks. Yep. Right. So it's good a price point for him. Right. On he loves it. He says it's his favorite thing to do. Right. But on top of that, you have to decommission the septic unless you're using it. But the current septic is so close to the small footprint of a house that if you're going to go through that, you're going to remove the septic, relocate it, decommission it, and that's a major cost right there. Right. You're yeah. probably twenty grand for that. So you're thirty to forty grand to get this back to a detached lot that's vacant, right? And then you have stables on it, right? So you probably are about three fifty. And the stables aren't the craziest thing to build. It's just, hey, there's cobwebs everywhere and all that, mice and yeah. stuff like that, right? So it's usable. So, 
you know, my conclusion was the best money I can get for is if someone wants to use it as their first time home because they can't find that at all. 100%. Because if somebody's building the house, it's too much for the lot. 100%. Right? So that's the- 100%. So Unless the location of the lot is good. But but I'm, I'm doing my research and I'm looking at lots yeah. around there for less than that. So you know the like price this, point on the lot. I'm not it's guess pointing it, right? Like I'm doing research on this stuff. Yeah, right? but maybe yeah. somebody wants that pond in the back, right? Like maybe- You dig a pond. It doesn't cost you that much. I get it, but the location of it, right? People look but at- But that's it. your lottery buyer, Trev, right? You can't do your basis on the lottery buyer, right? True. Like the Asian family that comes along and I'm not and sees the number eight, I had heard a story, right? Like it's, it's got so a They number, stay away from fours and they like eights. Right. right? I, I heard stories that, you know, knock on the door, you know what I mean? It's an Asian person and you're offered three or four- uh, $100,000 more because you've got triple uh, eights or something like that, right? Like, I, yeah. But, but you know, what I'm getting at is if you have no chance at all, why throw in your ring in the hat just to, to push price for everyone else? It just probably is just why not? What do you have to lose? And if, well, because, Collins, you've done it before with other agents, knowing you don't have a chance in getting it, but you're helping them out get another offer. What did Lloyd Christmas say? What did Lloyd Christmas say? But when I do that, Trevor, I'm putting in a reasonable offer that I think might have a chance that's probably at list price. Uh, no, and I'm, I'm and look, not. I'll throw an offer here. I don't think I'm going to get it, but I think my value on this is this much. Yeah. You know, like there, there's not a hope in hell that you ever get that at 250. So why what bother did, doing that? What did Dumb and Dumber say? One in a million? So you're saying that's there's there. a chance. That's right. Right? There's, there's not. And there's people out there, dude, that are like dumb and dumber, right? Well, and, and, and you know what? I I, I have no problem chance. trying to get a better price. And I've done it. I've done it yes. recently where I've got it, you know, around 100 yes. half this price. I'm trying to get another one at 40 grand, but it's not in the first week of the listing. Jeff, online, what did not I want? The first to do? week of the listing. I wanted to push back online another 10 grand, right? Mm-hmm. What did you say? Eh. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, right? That's not the, that's not the play. Okay. Well, and, and the play I is if you're to you. lowballing an agent too. Yep. You well, say, they're going to get insulted too, right? You, like, you verbally call them and say, look, this is what I'm thinking. I don't know if it's a waste of my time or your time. Here's what I'm going to give you. Yeah. Think about it. I'll be yes. here for the next month. If, yes. if you guys say, you know what, this is something I'll entertain, give me a call. I'll yeah. stick it on paper. Not, hey, I'm going to take 150K off in four days of a listing. on a, And, and don't even look at 150K because it doesn't seem like that much. But when your list price is, is 400 yeah. And you take 150K off that's that? That's 40%, the percentage? isn't it? <laughs> that's the percentage you're asking. You know what houses sell for right now in Niagara? 30%. Between like 95 and 97% of list price about. Sure. So if you get 10% off on a house, you, you got to look at, wow, you're an amazing agent if you could get 10% off on that listing. Because why wouldn't you drop price? So if I had a house listed at 400000 before I accept two fifty, wouldn't I drop my price to three seventy five first? Try that kind of you know, marketing when that's my listing price, then if that doesn't work, guess what I'll do now? I'll go to 350. Yeah. Try it out yeah. there. Yes. Then what's after that? Guess what's after that? Do you think I jumped down to 250? No. No. Probably 325. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Then yeah. 300. Smaller then, increments. Then 275. Yeah. How do I go to you, Curry, if, if you said list this $400,000 house? You said, Jeff, I want 400000 Okay, we both agree on this price. Oh, first offer came 250. I think you should take it, Curry. Let's go. If it happened. And then you're going to pay me commission on top of that. Yeah, no. I did my job. So I, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap we up. We got to wrap one, up. One quick question on that, though. 
Um, is it an out-of-town agent or a local agent? Local. Wow. Okay. So they've got access to all the local data to know that 95 to 97% of list price. Hey. They've got, and, and they can not all the agents in the region are good though, right? No, like they're not. I get it. Well, there's a lot hey. of people just tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll put it on paper. There's right? that and as you, well. You can't necessarily be that. Guys, has got to go. We got to wrap it up. He's getting pissy. We got to go. Well, no, like we're. Like, he's we're getting pissy. Look, you can see in his yes, eyes. Yes, 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 yes. He's, the Leafs won, Curry. The Leafs won. Yes, we do have yeah, another engagement though. Curry's gonna get mad. Let's go. Bondo. Okay, next time we're on, I would like to ch- talk about Chat GT Bot. Hold Help on. Us. Next time we're on, we actually have Deanna Lip. Uh, she's the account manager for here in Niagara with Home Equity Bank. We're going to be talking all things reverse mortgages. Ooh, so, I like that. Interesting. Be good. Yes, tune into hey. that. And we want to talk about Chat GT Bot. I think this thing is going to. Smoke go- is coming out of Curry's ears right now, Bond. You better say something. Let's help you stay informed. Out. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.